Good morning all. Um, so today I just really wanted to share a message that God's been speaking to me about personally. Um, and I sort of thought that maybe something that some of you guys and girls might find challenging as well. So I'm hoping um, that this message is something that's really encouraging. Um, so the title of the message today is Fear and Distractions. And it's really centered around what stops us being used by God. So as believers, we know we are called to do God's works. Um, when I teach the youth, I often say to them, you know, when we get saved, God doesn't take us straight up to heaven. He leaves us on earth for a reason. And that reason is so that we can be God's hands and feet and do God's work. So I'm just going to um, position it with a few scriptures to start with. So the first one is Ephesians 2 verse 10. And it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I've also got Titus 3.14. And this one says, Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. And then finally, just one last one, James 1.22. And it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do exactly what it says. Um, I, I love that bit at the end, you know, it says, do what the word says. It's really direct from James. Um, and really, that's what this message sort of is talking about. It leads on from that amazing message Joseph gave just a short time ago about the goodness of God. We know God is good and that we should reflect his goodness. And that is in his good deeds and that we should reflect those good deeds. So I guess, um, where does the challenge come in? So we're saved. We believe in God's word and we want to do his good works, right? Um, you know, I really believe as a church we're absolutely a force to be reckoned with. But there's these challenges that come along and try and take us from the left or to the right and steer us off God's cause. And, and one of the first ones that I find myself as a, as a challenge is distractions. Um, so me and Nicola are talking, I sometimes take the mick out of her a little bit. Um, so the, they do these um, they're like personality tests at work where they see what personality type are you. Um, so I think I come out as a green. Um, I'm generally highly organized, logical thinker, or I like to believe. Um, and um, Nicola comes out as like a yellow, and we call it sunshine yellow. Um, and, you know, it's like one of those people that are easily distracted. So if there's a butterfly over there off in the room, she'll be off looking at the butterfly um, rather than focusing on what we're focusing on. So we always have a little bit of a laugh about it. But in fairness, as a Christian, certainly for me, I know I can be easily distracted. Um, I just want to read a, a um, scripture to you. It's Mark 4, 14 to 20. Um, so this is a really well-known parable that, that Jesus gave um, when he was preaching to the crowd. And um, this is the second part when he comes in and the disciples have asked him to explain it. So it says from verse 14, The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed among the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Others like seeds sown on rocky places, hear that word and, and at once receive it with joy. 
But since they have no roots, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of that word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires of other things come in and choke that word, making it unfruitful. Still others are like seed sown in good soil. They hear that word, they accept it and produce a crop. And they produce sometimes 30, sometimes 60, and sometimes 100 more than that was, that was sown. Now let me just read verse 19 one more time. It says, But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. And I'll be honest here, I think that is one of the big challenges. It's so easy to be distracted by the things around us, by the deceitfulness of wealth, of going after the things that the world want, or by the worries of things in life too, and it's so easy to be distracted by them. Does anyone else share my challenge that sometimes these things come in, can come in conflict with what we're trying to do for God? I find one of the easiest examples to think of myself is the Monday night prayer meeting. I hope... Um, Prayer or Rose won't mind me using this example, but for me, um, I absolutely love the Monday night prayer meeting. Um, you know, I just love joining with other Christians and praying together according to God's will. You can really feel the power of the Holy Spirit in the room. And, you know, there's been some amazing testimonies of, of the work God's done through those meetings. And, you know, I always come out of those prayer meetings feeling top of the world. I know God's done a work and, you know, just being in those presence, we just feel so, so amazing after. Um, so you'd think off the back of all that, that I'd be right there every single week. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case. And I have to be honest here, I easily let distractions get to me. So when it comes to going to the prayer meeting, it might be one of those days where I've had a really hard day at work. and I just want to come home and sit on the sofa and relax. Or actually, I've still got more work to do that I need to get back on the laptop and do for tomorrow and I'll use that as an excuse. Or actually, it's like today's just been thundering and lightning and oh, I don't want to go back out into that evening. But then I look and think, well, these are the things that classically distract me from doing what I know God wants me to do, doing his work. And don't get me wrong, I fully you know, get that sometimes we can't always be at these things where personal circumstances or things come up. But I'm just being honest that sometimes the challenge for me is I just get distracted. And work for me can be exactly the same. So I guess most people, a lot of people are working from home right now or doing studying from home, schooling from home still maybe. Um, and I find it really easy to just put in way too many hours for work. So I'm meant to do an eight-hour day, but I can quite easily end up doing 10, 11, 12 and I'm doing it for a good cause, right? So I, I really want to do well for my employees, um, for my employers, and for the rest of my team too. And, you know, we always want to reflect well on God. Um, but actually, when you look at it at the end of the day, I always find the things that drop off on that end of the day are this time that I want to spend with God. So my prayer time or my study time or my worship time generally could be the first thing to go. And it's generally just because I've got distracted I've over-invested in a time when actually I need to make sure I prioritize God. 
And God spoke to me about this before and just reminded me that he can make me supernaturally more effective in the eight hours at work than I can if I spend 12, 13, 15, or however many I spend. And that leads me to a scripture. It's Matthew 6, 33. Really well-known scripture that says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Like I said, it's a well-known scripture. It talks about worrying and um, how easy it is to worry about all those other things. But God makes it really clear that if we seek first his kingdom, everything else will be added on. Everything else will be done. We don't have to get, you know, worries are some of the easiest things that can distract us. If we're focusing on a worry, we're not focusing on the kingdom of God. And it's one of the easiest things that distracts us and knocks us off God's will. Matthew seven twenty four to 27 It says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. If we focus on building the things of the kingdom of God and we don't let ourselves get distracted from the left or to the right, God promises to do amazing things for us and there'll be things of lasting value. There's another area that I find I really struggle with and I've struggled with it for many years and that's fear. I've generally always looked at things when I've been asked to do things and I always go, I can't do that. I'm not strong enough to do that. There's someone else that can do that far better than I can. They'll do a much better job. I'll mess it up. And it's, it's really easy to be fearful. And, there's, and fortunately, there's lots of scriptures that talk about that as well. So 2 Timothy 1 verse 8, it says, For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but it gives us power, love, and self-discipline. The scriptures, um, it's Paul speaking to Timothy, who was a young leader. And Paul says about Timothy, he says he has a sincere faith. And that's all we need, is to have faith. And, and Paul, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but he's pretty much telling Timothy, step up. You can do this, you've got faith. Don't be fearful because God can do it in you. And those words that you, know, you might hear, those, that fear that says you're not good enough, you're not strong enough, you're not capable, it simply isn't true. And this leads me on to another scripture I love. It's 1 John 4.18. And it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment, and the one who fears is not made perfect in love. So what does it say? God's perfect love dries out fear. Like I said, I'll be honest here, this is an area I've found a struggle for many years. I've always been asked to do things, and I always sort of shy back and go, I don't think I can really do that. And it stopped me from being used by God when I know I could have been. And I wanted to. However, God revealed a fresh revelation to me a while ago. And he said to me, as long as you're willing, 
I'll do the rest. As long as you step up, I'll do the rest. I have to be honest, even coming and, and sharing today, I always have those things where you think, oh, maybe this isn't the right message, or maybe I'm getting something wrong. And you always can have those thoughts or those fears. But God says, if we're willing, he will do the rest. It reminds me of Paul. Everyone probably knows I'm a big fan of Paul. And um, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says this. Paul says that this is what God said. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast in all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. I'm sure you know, like, Paul had a thorn in his side of some sort of challenge. But instead of um, asking that to be taken away, Paul sees that God can be magnified in it because God can overcome his weakness, just the same as he can for us. So I don't know if you're like me and you share the challenge I have with distractions or maybe the challenge I have with fear too. But absolutely, absolutely we can boast in these things because we can overcome in them. The key is understanding that the challenges, what challenges are in front of us and knowing that we can overcome them in Christ. So through him, we can overcome every distraction. We can overcome every fear and we can overcome all things. All it takes for us to say, yes, God, I will do it. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have heard this before on social media or on the web, but I thought I'd share it anyway as it fitted into the message today. Abraham was old, Elijah was suicidal, Joseph was abused, Job went bankrupt, Moses had a speech problem, Gideon was afraid, Samson was a womanizer, Rahab was a prostitute, the Samaritan woman was divorced, Noah was a drunk, Jeremiah was young, Jacob was a cheater, David was a murderer, Jonah ran from God, Naomi was a widower. Peter denied Christ three times. Martha worried about everything. Zacchaeus was small and money hungry. The disciples fell asleep while praying. And Paul was a Pharisee who persecuted the Christians. These are amazing people we read about in scripture and see the amazing things they did. But they could have used these. They might have viewed them as reasons why they couldn't do God's work. But God knew that he could overcome in them. And that he could be magnified by them just saying, yes, God, I'll do it. And that's really the challenge that I have for you today. For me personally, I've decided I'm not going to let those distractions take me from the left or to the right. I'm not going to let those, uh, those fears stop me from stepping up and being used by God. And I just wonder, will you join me today? Will you come alongside us as we step forward as the army of God and do his will and glorify his name? I'm just going to pray to close if that's okay. God, I just thank you. I thank you for this message you shared with us today. And Lord, I just pray for everyone that's maybe challenged in these same areas, whether it's distraction or fear or whatever's that's stopping them from being able to be used by you. Lord, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you will be able to overcome through them, that they will be able to step forward and just be able to do your work and glorify you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you.